Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for being with us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a very, very good show. We've got some top guests. Uh, one you'll be meeting for the first time is Leonard Lusky. Uh, he is the man that operates Secretariat.com, and he is uh, one of the moving forces behind the annual Bourbon County Secretariat Festival in historic Paris, Kentucky. Of course, that's where Secretariat stood stud at Claiborne Farm. There's going to be a lot of things going on this weekend, all things around Big Red. Uh, there is going to be a, a new movie that was produced called uh, Penny and Red, The Life of Secretariat's Owner. Uh, that's going to be premiered at Fazig Tipton in Lexington on Friday, and there are still tickets available. But we'll let uh, Leonard Lusky tell us about that. But there's going to be a lot of great events and a lot of big-name people down in Paris, Kentucky, this weekend. Of course, the uh, while the movie is Friday, the festival is Saturday. It's free, and it's open to the public. There's going to be some just outstanding people uh, there, a lot of uh, them associated with Secretariat. One, it's jockey Ron Turcott, and another one, the jockey that played him in the movie, a friend of mine, and that is none other than Otto Thorworth. So uh, Leonard Lusky will get us up to speed on that. Again, this is an event uh, that's going to be held, and it's open to the public. Uh, the movie, you do have to buy passes, but I do believe there's still some available. We'll find that out from Leonard. And then we're going to go to a familiar guest here, and a, a top handicapper and writer, Tom Lamara from The Blood Horse, uh, will be joining us. And I always look forward to uh, Tom's visits. Uh, tune in a lot uh, and listen to him on Blood Horse. He gives his uh, weekly handicapping uh, seminar. He was on with uh, Claire Novak. Uh, then, of course, we're going to review the uh, the results. Uh, we talked uh, with uh, Corey Johnson last week, the president of Kentucky Downs, and Gary West did an outstanding job of handicapping the races down there. We got some uh, late-breaking news from Kentucky Downs, too. And then uh, we'll talk about some of the other top races that happen. And then we're going we're gonna to look at some of the top races with Tom, uh, the uh, million-dollar cotillion at Parks Racing, as you recall, it used to be called Keystone, I do believe. And then the Pennsylvania Derby is going to be run. And what a matchup that's going to be because it looks like the nose that separated will take charge and Moreno will be back on the line. They are both expected to be in the field. So that will be very interesting, especially with some of the, the controversy that's been going on, mainly by uh, Eric Geo about the rider of will take charge. You may have heard about that. He used that there was an electrical advice, device involved in that race, and, of course, nothing has been proven. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, to Dennis Dillon. Uh, he s sent a really nice uh, letter to us at Winning Ponies. He says he listens to the show all the time. He's been a big-time Saratoga fan going back many years with his dad until his dad's recent passing. And uh, sounds like me as a kid, he hangs out and watches the guys and the horses in the paddock just a few feet away. And uh, he enjoyed the, some of the comments we made about the, the class of D. Wayne Lucas. 
said, 78 years old. He still gets a leg up to all his jacks, and he gets a leg up every morning on his own horse. So uh, thanks for the kind words uh, to uh, Dennis Dillon. He's talked about being up at Saratoga. Well, there was uh, at least one person and maybe more that were up at Saratoga this last week that we wish weren't because five trophies were stolen from the National Museum Racing and Hall of Fame. And according to police sources up there, it was a well-planned snatch and grab. Uh, They got the 1903 Belmont Stakes, the 1903 Brighton Cup Trophy, 1905 Saratoga Special Trophy, uh, the 1914 Brook Cup Handicap, and the 1923 Grand National Steeplechase Trophy. Uh, These trophies uh, obviously are irreplaceable. Um, they are going to start looking over tapes of visitors to the museum and see if they can't come up with something. Uh, but uh, some people are thinking they may melt them down and try to sell the, the precious metals and stones. Uh, obviously, uh, it's going to be a little hard to uh, uh, hawk off a, uh, <laughs> a stolen trophy uh, that dates back to the early 1900s uh, in any pawn shop. So uh, we, we, hope, we hope they find the culprits and hope they get the trophies back. Uh, Canterbury Park uh, wrapped up their successful season. Uh, the uh, the purses, of course, this year were more than double what they were in 2011 due to a joint purse enhancement and marketing agreement that was signed uh, last year with the uh, Shakopee Minnewaukan Sioux community. And the agreement will add $75 million to horseman purses over the life of the 10-year deal that they struck. So Canterbury doing just fine. Of course, those purses attracted Midwest thoroughbreds, uh, the leading owners in the nation for the past three years. Uh, they were at Canterbury for the first time, handled by Roger Brugerman, won 28 races. Of course, that made them the leading owner. Uh, uh, Mac Robinson won his ninth consecutive training title with 51 victories, and uh, Dean Butler won the riding title. Good man for the fourth time up there at Canterbury. All right, well, uh, speaking about big things, obviously the, the Pennsylvania Derby card is going to be a record. Um, read an article written by uh, Dick Girardi. It's been a guest on Winning Ponies. And, of course, we are going to highlight the, two of those races, the Cotillion and the Pennsylvania Derby. But all in all, it's going to be a very good day. So uh, you're going to want to tune in uh, to parks this weekend. Uh the uh, amount of uh, purse money is the best that they've ever had. Obviously, going to have big fields, and uh, the uh, combination of Moreno and Will Take Charge is going to draw a lot of attention. Uh, Dick, you already did give out a long shot in the race in the Pennsylvania Derby. Uh, he says you want to keep an eye out for Speak Logistics. Uh, he got a career best 101 buyer when just missing in the Smarty Jones that you drew the rail. Got tactical speed will be very interesting. So at five to one, that is Dick Girardi's tip for you folks listening to Winning Ponies. So uh, also this week, uh, there's other significant races uh, over the Mid Atlantic. Uh, it's going to uh, be the opening for Laurel Park on Thursday, and they'll have to have the $350,000 uh, Frank DeFrancis Memorial Dash. Um, and they're going to have six other $100,000 grass races. Uh, Ramon Dominguez is going to be on hand, as a matter of fact, at Laurel Park to uh, sign autographs and make a special appearance. Now, the last day at Delaware Park is going to be changed. It's now going to be Wednesday, October 9th, a makeup day because of a weather uh, cancellation. Also, uh, at Delaware Park, hats off to uh, trainer Gary Capuano. He 
got to the 1,000 win milestone. Uh, he uh, registered his first career victory uh, back in 1988 at Pimlico, and you may remember that he uh, trained Captain Bodgett, um, who was a really top horse. Uh, he won the Florida Derby and the Wood Memorial, and in his 1997 Triple Crown appearances, Captain Bodgett finished runner-up in the Kentucky Derby, and then he was third in the Preakness Stakes. Well, Speaking of good horses, we can speak about a great horse. Uh, we'll get to it uh, in the wrap-up. But Wise Dan absolutely was unbelievable, made history in the Woodbine. He became the first two-time winner of the Rico Woodbine Mile up in Canada. Just romped Johnny V. It looked like a morning workout. But as easy as it looked, he scored a track record in that race. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, uh, where he goes. Uh, obviously, uh, Chuck Lepresti has some options. Uh, he was carrying 124 pounds, uh, paid only 250, 210, and 210. Uh, and uh, Lepresti not only won this two years in a row with him, but he won the Woodbound Mile in 2011 with Tour Allure. Uh, so Wise Dan could possibly come back in the Shadwell Turf Mile next month at Keeneland, uh, depending on how he does, uh, said uh, Lepresti. Uh, just an amazing horse. Amazing jockey uh, is Rosie Napravnik. She won five races at Kentucky Downs yesterday. I don't believe anybody has, has ever done that. Uh, she is uh, currently the fifth-leading jockey in North America by earnings, but five winners on that course. Uh, Rosie said, man, that was fun. <laughs> and uh, she said as a youngster, she used to ride horses in the steeplechase circuit over the courses that kind of resembled uh, Kentucky Downs. And uh, she says it reminds me of when I was a kid. And uh, she just said she loves it. There's a dynamic here that takes some time to learn. Well, it does as a rider, also does as a better. But I'm telling you, they've got uh, another day of racing. The meet concludes September 25th with, with another 13 race program. You may recall when uh, we spoke uh, with Corey Johnson last week, the program was shortened uh, last week because uh, of the lightning strike that injured a patron, and therefore they they canceled. So they took those races and and moved them over. So uh, uh, if you ever get a chance, I'm telling you, Kentucky Downs, it is something else. Well, speaking of Kentucky Downs, I want to thank again Gary West. He, he was he was great last week, and in the very first race, uh, the Kentucky Down Juvenile Phillies, he gave us the trifecta and uh, described to a T how Lean on Kitten from the her outside post was going to. Uh, end up uh, getting the win and it did get the job done lean on kitten uh, Channing Hill was in the saddle was unhurried went six wide and then got cleared paid 580 up for second uh with Rosie in the saddle, J.J. Julep, and third was the seven personal diary. They were the other two horses that uh, Gary recommended. $2 try paid $86.80. Staying at Kentucky Downs now, we go to the boys version, the Kentucky Downs Juvenile. And the winner was number eight, Boji Moon, who eventually went off the favorite under Brian Hernandez, Jr., who's been a regular here on Winning Ponies, uh, just took over Will, won by five and a quarter. Uh, second was the horse I liked. Here's Johnny, Wesley Ward trainee. And third was the sixth, Sweet Daddy. 
And then it was uh, the uh, Kentucky Downs Turf Dash, $150,000. It was the outside horses that got it done. It was uh, Long Hunter first, who was a slight favorite at 3-1, to one, uh, would not give up the lead in the stretch, and ended up hanging on by a half a length over the also eligible Ex Blanique, who went off at 18 to 1. And in the third spot, it was number 8, Ansel, who I believe was the second favorite in the Kentucky Downs Turf Dash. And uh, in the uh, Franklin Simpson Mile, again, this uh, track very configured quite differently. You actually take a slight right turn in a mile race. Uh, the winner, Horse I Like, the Kittens Joy Colt, Coalport, slight favorite at 2 to 1. Split rivals came from sixth and, and got up by a nose in a three-horse photo, just catching Trend by a neck. Trend had the lead into the lane, and uh, right there in the photo was uh, Jonathan Shepard trainee Utley. So, uh, again, that was the uh, Franklin Simpson mile. Uh, then uh, we closed it out with the uh, Kentucky Turf Cup. This was the graded stakes race on the card, and this race was won by Tamarain, an unbelievably beautiful, beautiful ride by Gary Stevens, who was down there. Um, he just uh, kept the horse on the rail, waited, 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 made its move, and got in and won by a neck over Olympic Thunder, one of those Brazilian breads that Kenny McPeak uh, tends to find, and in the third spot was number nine, Sun Tracer. Of course, uh, it was a wise Dan, the easiest of winners in the Woodbine Mile. If you get a chance, go online and take a look at that race. It was extremely impressive. Um, running second was uh, Approval, the, the second choice, and back in third was Trade Storm. Uh, at Belmont Park, it was the Garden City in from Europe, a Chad Brown trainee, first-time Lasix, Johnny V, very impressive, one by one and a half, was wide into the lane, very patient ride. Uh, Johnny V just had a fantastic weekend uh, ride in stakes races, so nothing new, no big surprise right there. So let's a look at the, the, the major races uh, that we handicapped and that we looked at in North America last week. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking a lot about the famous Big Red. With Leonard Lusky, you're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup travers haskell or your daily races don't worry let winningponies.com make some money for you get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game 
Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. the left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and and with me is, is a gentleman that I got to know several years ago, uh, when I was uh, hosting the uh, Turf Publicist Seminar out at the University of Arizona, we, we flew him out. We were talking about uh, things that uh, would uh, bring fans to the races and keep people excited about um, racing in, in general, and that's something that, uh, that Leonard Lusky's done uh, as, as good as anybody. Uh, he, he is Mr. Secretariat, I guess you could call him. Uh, uh, he pretty much manages all the intellectual properties and marketing rights uh, for Penny Shannery, dating all the way back to 2001. Um, something I didn't know until I got a recent release is that, uh, you know, this year we talked about it on the show, how uh, the Maryland Racing Commission actually reviewed Secretariat's race and gave him the official time in the 1973 Preakness. And uh, I believe Leonard was a, was a big part in, in, in that charge, of course, uh, you know, being the, the number one Secretariat fan, there's no reason he wouldn't be. I'd continue on with his laurels, but we've only got about 15 minutes for this segment. So the man behind Secretariat.com, Leonard Lusky, how are you, my friend? I'm fine. What a warm welcome that was. Thank you very much. Well, uh, before we go into everything that's going to happen this weekend, it's going to be huge. Can you synopsize what went into getting Secretariat's uh, record changed? I'm sure that had to be a Herculean effort. Well, you know, you uh, touched on something you're going to find really interesting. Disney had hired me as a consultant and a technical advisor to get things like programs and footage and quite a few things. And one of the things that I was able to acquire, if you remember in the film, the Preakness stakes was the actual footage from the Preakness. They didn't recreate yeah, it. They, they were watching it in the living room, yeah. Right. So we, uh, we got it from CBS, the clearest footage that we'd ever had, and in looking at it, I, I thought, you know, we can really time this. And so it began an adventure using that original footage. Uh, we, we started here in Louisville with some forensic analysis, and then we sent it on to multiple people uh, independently to look at it, one of them being Amy Zimmerman out there at HRTV, 
and said, sharp, sharp woman. We've had her on the show. Yeah, and, and said, you know, what do you think? Well, everybody came in and said, this is this is very simple to time now. I mean, the technology is caught up, and uh, after all was said and done, it showed him coming in at 153 flat, and that was just amazing. I think for years, the uh, common theory was he was 153 and two fifths, but uh, in looking at the the footage to the nearest three hundredths of a second, it was 153 flat. And making that presentation to the Maryland Racing Commission really is one of the high points of my career. I, I, I was just so happy that they changed it and so thrilled to be representing Mrs. Chenery to do that. Well, you, you'll, you'll be able to take that with you, with your grave. You, <laughs> uh, right. Legendary, if, if uh, not for just for that, but for all you've done for you know keeping Secretariat, who has just been an icon of the sport uh, for so many years and, and will be uh, in for forever, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you've done an outstanding job. I've uh, been up on Secretariat.com, and I, I urge any of our listeners to. It's kind of neat. You can go up there. And and click on his past performances and actually watch his races. Uh, I I got goosebumps. It was just, it's it's a fantastic website. Uh, you, you you've done a you've done a great job. So I'm gonna just we could talk about Secretary.com all night, but I want to move on so we make sure we get all the information in about what's going to happen this weekend. So it, it's 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 going to kick off uh, with the, the the movie presentation on. Friday at Fazig Tipton. Tell us uh, um, if are, are there still tickets available. Can people get involved? At yep. what level? Give me the information. There are, there are still tickets available. Um, they're going to be uh, available at the door. There's not a whole lot left, but there will be some available at the door. And um, it, this this documentary, it's just incredible. It was produced by Penny's son and directed by him as well, John Tweedy. And it was about five years in the making. And it really is an intimate, very candid look inside the picture of, of Penny and her life and Secretariat as well. And just uh, I, I can't wait to see the reactions because there's some really big news in there. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. And, and again, that'll be held at the Phasic Tipton Phasic Auditorium. Tipton. Yeah, uh, tomorrow night there is a, a reception that. Starts early at uh, six fifteen, and the actual movie will begin showing at seven thirty. All right. Well, listen. I plan on getting my my buddy photographer Pat Lang, and we're going to get in the car. We're going to drive down to Paris, Kentucky, on Saturday. Uh, I know that this is, I believe, the sixth annual Bourbon County Secretariat Festival. Uh, tell me, what are we going to see when we get down there? Well, it's this is just one of my favorite things that we have. Uh, created and developed. It's basically a love fest for racing fans, horse fans, and Secretariat fans specifically. Um, it begins early in the day with a 5K walk or run, whichever you prefer, at Adina Springs. So for people who come into the Bluegrass region, it couldn't be a prettier course. Um, there's tours to Claiborne Farm throughout the day, and uh, people can see Secretariat's grave and where he lived the last 16 years of his life, and then um, throughout the day at the fairgrounds itself, there is just a, a number of demonstrations and exhibitions, equine-related. Isn't, isn't there a Secretariat look-alike contest? There was at one time, and that was, again, that was based going into the movie. Disney was looking for the actors 
four second equine actors for Secretariat, and we held that. And uh, sure enough, the the winner got the lead role. <laughs> but uh, but yes, um, that is not one of the things that happens now. But we have oh probably fifteen different equine events that will go on. Uh, a lot of children's activities. We've got Chris McCarran there who uh, actually does a little seminar and shows kids how to ride like a jockey on his equisizer. Oh, Chris is a great guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the marquee event, I think, which which many, many people come for, is the signing appearances where Ron Turcott, Penny Chenery, Charlie Davis, the three remaining members of the Meadow team, will sign autographs and greet and talk and, and meet people. And uh, this year we've really knocked it out of the park because – we have nine Kentucky Derby winning jockeys, as well as a Hall of Famer, Eddie Maple, um, and they're all going to be there. So for people who really want to meet their equine racing heroes, here, here's their chance. Now, is there going to be a cost for this? The, the admission to the festival is absolutely free. Um, there is a fee for the signatures and the, the um, tours to Claiborne Farm, those run $25 each, but they do come with a complimentary gift and well worth the price. Uh, just just to to walk through the cemetery at Claiborne Farm is worth $100. Oh, yeah. when, when you see the, the amazing history of the bloodlines and thoroughbred racing right there all together, it, it, it's just like walking through uh, uh, the world's greatest pedigree uh, collection. It's unbelievable. That's exactly right. And, you know, Reva Ridge is there. So for those who remember Reva, it's a, it's a great to see two for one. Now, I, I hold literally in my hand the uh, collector's edition of the Secretariat 20-month calendar, which, you know, Tony Leonard was a very dear friend of mine. He passed away last year, and it's a collection of his photos of Secretariat. Nobody chronicled Big Red better than Tony, but I swear these photos are are better now than ever. Will will, will these be available down there? And could, yeah, they're, they're available. One, could, um, could, would Ron Turcott sign it? Absolutely. I mean, this is your chance to get yeah, I mean, we have so many people that br- that not only purchase things like that, but bring their own memorabilia from 1973 and say, you know, this is my chance to have it signed, and we get the neatest things. But, yeah, this is it. This is the chance for everyone. Well, an- another thing that I saw in-, in-, in a recent release is we had the great eight um, up here in Cincinnati a, a week ago, the players from the Big Red Machine, mm-hmm. and I saw in one of the releases that some of those guys are going to be down there. Well, they were scheduled to come. And unfortunately, we had two of them that canceled, and the organizers, MAB Celebrity, was our sponsor for the Big Red Machine, and they elected to not split them up. So I hope we can get them back next year. But uh, we could only get two of the four, and, and they elected to cancel it all together. Okay, how about Bill Knack? Will he be there? Bill Knack will be there. And, Great. Uh, Bill will be there alongside Otto Thorworth, um, who will represent the Disney faction very well. And uh, Otto, a personal friend of mine, I, I, as you know the story, I, I'm the one that convinced him to go down and try out for the, uh, for the part, and he did, did an outstanding job. It was kind of neat to watch somebody on the silver screen that <laughs> you used to uh, do interviews with after they won a stakes race. That he he just he is a, a great guy and 
just so deserving of the role and, and certainly did a wonderful part playing Ron Turcotte. And what's fun is to see these two together, to see the Hollywood Ron and the real Ron, and they get along famously. So it, it's just it's a wonderful scene there. Well, all I can tell you is uh, Leonard Lusky from Secretariat.com. Um, I, I will be there, and uh, I think I told you in advance I've been uh, um, required uh, from a local magazine in Lexington, Tops, to uh, to cover the event and do a story on it. So I'm looking forward, A, to seeing you again, and B, to, to meeting all the, the fantastic people you've brought together for this festival. Again, it's it's a day-long day Saturday in Paris, Kentucky, and then it's the evening at... Uh, Basic Tipton, if you if you want to see uh, see the movie, and uh, I'm guessing if anybody wants more details, can they go to Secretariat.com? Absolutely, they can go to Secretariat.com. It's right there on the homepage, Secretary Festival. They can get the full line of schedule and uh, also all the information about the premiere tomorrow night, and uh, everything is right there at your fingertips. Well, I look forward to seeing you and all of those uh, great uh, Hall of Famers and Kentucky Derby winning jockeys and, and people uh, associated with perhaps the greatest racehorse that ever looked through a bridle, Secretariat. We've been talking with Leonard Lusky from uh, Secretariat.com here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to the news editor of the Blood Horse magazine, Tom Lamara. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a uh, multiple returning guest here on Winning Ponies uh, because uh, he's got uh, great views about the world of thoroughbred racing. He's not afraid to speak his mind, and he's also a 
pretty darn good handicapper. And if you don't believe me, just uh, go up to the Blood Horses website that I think is just getting better and better and uh, search around for... That handicapping show kind of reminds me of the old days when we used to have just the regular guy's show because Tom Lamara, while he's, uh, you know, a fantastic writer and the editor of the news section of the Blood Horse, he's kind of a regular guy himself. So, uh, you, and you'll see that it comes across that way on that handicapping show. Uh, this week his uh, guest was Claire Novak and, uh, Tom didn't have to do too much homework for this show because Two of the races we're going to handicap. He handicapped on that handicapping show. With us now, Tom Lamara. Tom, how you doing? I'm good, John. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Hey, uh, first, just out of the gate uh, this uh, past weekend, what was your impression of Wise Dan up in Canada? <laughs> um, extremely impressed. Um you know, the fast time is, is is great, but it was more the way that that he he won with little effort in such fast time. Um, you know, supposedly he was a little bit fresh, uh, but um you know, I I don't know. If it's possible maybe he's getting better, which is a scary thought. Um I just love I just love watching the horse run, and I think he ran a very, very powerful—excuse me—powerful race um, last weekend. So, yeah, yeah well, it, it pushed cool. him over the, the five million dollar mark, and uh, you and I may get a chance to, to see him go if they do decide to use the, uh, the Shadwell Turf Mile um, as their springboard uh, to, to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting that you know Lepresti pretty much. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Has been based at Keeneland with this horse for for two years, even though he ships all over the place. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, um, he has his horses at Keeneland. Um, I know he has horses at Saratoga when Saratoga is open, but outside of that, yeah, the horses usually ship out from Keeneland. Uh, Wise Dan um, has been one of my favorites. Um, you were probably there. Uh, I forget what year it was, but um, on Spiral Day, he broke his maiden by about 12 lengths at Turfway Park. I was there, um, yes. Yeah, I'm sure that you were. And, um, you know, who knew at the time, you know, that, you know, he would turn into what he is today. But, uh, you know. And and being a gelding, cool. you know, he's he's going to be around for a while. So I, I really hope that As long that as he's he... healthy, yeah. 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 Well, Lepresti says, I hope he's around for a lot more years. He gave that quote out week. to a publication <laughs> called The Blood Horse last week. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I really, uh, you know, he's just one of those horses that you just naturally root for, you know. Um, so I wish him the best. I hope he stays healthy, you know, and he retains his form. So. Now, I know uh, you're the kind of guy that likes to go to, to racing at all levels and likes to go to new places. Um, I've got to guess you've been to Kentucky Downs. Uh, yes, but not this year. Um, I haven't been for maybe three years or so. Um, but, um, you know, you really only racing need to go once to get year. the flavor, but it is a pretty cool joint. Oh, 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 it's... Um, you know, there's nothing like it in the states, of course. Um, you know, it, it's it's not a great place to watch the races outside. Because, uh, <laughs> you you better really can't have some binoculars anything. and be up real high. 
But that said, the atmosphere there is really cool, and you just got to grab a TV nearby. And when they're on the backstretch, you know, and at the top of the stretch, just keep watching the TV. And then when they're about, you know, um, I don't know, a thousand yards from home or whatever, you turn around and watch them on the track. Right. I mean, it's it's got to be the only track in North America that has two pan cameras to cover the stretch run. Exactly. Exactly. Just, yeah. just fantastic. It was kind of neat that the yesterday uh, Rosina Pravnik won five races down there. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's a that's a hard course to ride, but she says she, she used to ride courses like that when she was a kid and came back to mm-hmm. her, and uh, hats off to Rosie. Yeah. She's she's not just yeah. a, a flash in the pan. I think she's going to be around for oh, a long no. time. She will be, yeah. Well, uh, Tom, I know that uh, early on in your career, I mean, uh, I, I believe your, your moniker on Twitter, I think, is at Jersey Tom. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Well, in doing so, Jersey, anybody knows uh, that uh, Jersey's right next to Philadelphia. And so I'm guessing that uh, you used to kick around Keystone Park uh, for a while in your younger days. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, um, my uncle took me there for the first time in 1976, which was a couple years after it opened. You know, we lived in South Jersey, but I think we were only like a half hour from Keystone, you know. And uh, Keystone, of course, replaced Liberty Bell Park as a thoroughbred track when it went to all harness. So, um, yeah, I spent a lot of time at Keystone when I was a kid. (laughs) Well, are you like me, even though it's been a couple years, having a hard time getting your arms around the word parks with an X racing? Uh, Not anymore. You know, when they made the announcement, you know, um, myself and, you know, I have some racing friends who still live in Pennsylvania near parks, you know, they were like, what is this? What is parks? Um, But you know what? You know, it's it's been, I don't know, maybe eight years now or something. I don't know. So I can't say that it's grown on me, but, you know, it's still Keystone. It's just changed a lot. (laughs) Well, obviously, because I was reading uh, uh, Dick Girardi today, and, you know, he was saying that uh, as of Saturday, they're going to break all records for the amount of purses uh, that they're going to give out on a single day. And, of course, you featured uh, two of the races on that handicapping show. And uh, let's take a look at the the cotillion. And, again, as you alerted our your audience on, on the uh, Blood Horse show, uh, there's a very good chance that my happy face is going to opt to go to Charlestown rather than uh, be in this race. Obviously, my happy face uh, would have been a major player in here. Yeah, the uh, excuse me, the comments from Chad Brown, the trainer, um, you know, uh, were that she would race at Charlestown, and actually, he also has the favorite in the. Uh, in the other $400,000 race that night at Charlestown. So my guess is, you know, he's he'll race my happy face at Charlestown. So it's not a graded race, but uh, it's a $400,000 race. Uh, it's produced grade one winners. Groupie Doll uh, ran in it a couple years ago. Last year's winner came back and won a grade one earlier this year, I think. So it's a pretty good race. 
Well, uh, and, and in here, uh, you've got two grade one winners already in Close Hatches and Sweet Lulu. And, of course, uh, I believe a little long shot horse that I heard touted on the Blood Horse, uh, a grade two winner of the Delaware Oaks, Dancing a Fleet. So while this may not be graded, horses like this are going to go on to win more graded races and speaks well for the field that you brought together in the cotillion. But a million dollars will do that, Tom. Well, you know, um, it was, I think last year it um, it retained its grade one. It was grade two for a long time. Um, it was a grade one at Liberty Bell in like the early 70s, but, you know, uh, that may not even count. I don't know. But, yeah, $1 million, um, you know, I believe it's the only track to have $2 million races on one card outside of a Breeders' Cup day. So, Well, um in, in, in doing in, in speaking of the races, uh, this race in particular, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, I'm having a hard time. As Sweet Lulu hasn't done anything wrong. She's four for four, as you pointed out on your show. Jerry Hollendorfer does not ship from the West Coast that often unless he thinks he he's got a pretty good chance. He proved it in the Grade One test, and that was a that was an awesome race. But then they go to the outside. Another guy that doesn't pound on his horses real hard um, is is Bill Mott, who's got close hatches. Uh, obviously, an extremely uh, talented horse who won the Grade One Mother Goose. This race is a mile and a sixteenth. The Mother Goose is a um, mile and a sixteenth. Uh, Mott's also known not to drill his horse as much in the morning. Close Hatches is on her toes. She was the best of 75 in her last workout. Yeah, um, you know, she hasn't raced since um, late June, but she has really good form. Well, not really good form. She's won a couple times um, racing around two turns, a mile and a sixteenth, a mile and an eighth. Um, you know, her last couple races were, of course, one turn on that monster track at Belmont. But, you know, she's proven around two turns. Sweet Lulu did win around two turns at Delmar uh, at one mile uh, on the poly track. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if she wired the field. I didn't pick her. I'd like to see another one out of her, which is strange to say for a horse who's five for five. But I think close hatches has a class edge. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, and I'm sure she's ready for the race with Mod. I have no doubt about that. But, yeah, my uh, long shot pick was um, Tim Ritchie's Philly, Dancing a Fleet. Um, you know, she's won her last three. I don't know how great the field was in the Oaks. Um, but, you know, she's been training well. She hasn't raced since mid-July, but I think she might be a good price, so. Well, we'll find out. Fifteen to one on the morning line. Well, let's move from there to the Pennsylvania Derby, and you know, I guess you could talk about a couple of horses, but it really comes down to two, in my opinion. Uh, the rematch, and what I think is kind of a heated rematch after the, the comments of trainer. Uh, Eric Gio of uh, Moreno uh, accusing uh, Luis Sayez of using a machine on Will Take Charge, something I watched over and over again and saw absolutely nothing. Um, this is going to be a, a great rematch and maybe a grudge match uh, between D. Wayne Lucas and, and, and Eric Gio. Yeah, you know, um, this race got the one-two finishers in the Travers, which 
you know, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, you know, looking at the race on paper, um, I've never been a big Will Take Charge fan, strictly because of his inconsistency. You know, he'll pop in, pop out, pop in, pop out. Uh, his last two races were very good at Saratoga. If a closer does win the race, I would imagine that he probably is the one. Um, but when you look at the pace in this race, um, Moreno, I think, should he break well, you know, um, you know, he's the horse to catch. Yeah, because this race is shorter than the, than the Travers. Exactly, exactly. And um, although I do think that the pace may be faster um, at a mile and an eighth, um, but I, I see no reason why he can't win. Um, I like them both. Um, on the show, I picked Fury Cap Curry, uh, a Hollander for horse again. He may end up winning both of these million-dollar races. Um, you know, a little bit light in the uh, the brisk speed figure category, but, you know, um, he needed his last couple races, and, you know, it's almost like he was pointing this horse for this race. I could be wrong, but, um, you know, his running lines indicate that he's ready to go the mile and an eighth. And he does have some speed. He can stay close, which I think is a big advantage. Well, it'll be very interesting. I'm really looking forward to seeing this race. Again, it's going to be uh, the Pennsylvania Derby run at Parks Racing post time be 5.45 Eastern time. We're talking with uh, Tom Lamaro, the news editor of the Blood Horse, here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to go to a place where Tom's going this weekend, Charlestown for the Charlestown Oaks. You're listening to Winning Ponies. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. 
Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and again with me, Tom Lamara from the Blood Horse magazine. And uh, Tom's going to put some miles on his car and head down to Charlestown, who's just got a sensational card uh, coming up on Saturday. Uh, We decided to kind of zero into uh, the Charlestown Oaks. Uh, Tom, um, what, what do you know about Charlestown? Is there something we should be looking for there? Are there uh, hot trainers, hot jockeys, a bias? Let me know. Um, you know, I don't really watch the races there, um, you know, like um, regularly. You know, I'll watch the races on HRTV or TVG, um, you know, and I'll look at the charts and stuff. I, I've never really detected anything there, you know, um, it's a three-quarter mile track. Well, I think that's the most important thing to note is that it's a three-quarter mile track. So the race we're going to be handicapping, Charlestown Oaks for four hundred thousand, they're going to have to go around two turns. Right. Uh, the seven furlong races start like really at the head of the stretch, almost into the uh, the far turn. So there's a pretty long run to the first turn. So generally speak, I've never really seen um, a good horse really hindered by the post if the horse has early speed. You know, they're usually able to find a spot. But, you know, when you're going two turns, um, you know, and I've watched it play out there many, many times, is that, you know, if horses are going too fast, um, you know, uh, you know, they hit that second turn, in a sprint, and sometimes, you know, uh, <laughs> oops. Right. Um, and, you know, so, so look, look, I've seen closers. Um, I know Groupie Doll was, I think, was last on the back stretch a couple years ago in this race, and she flew home and lost by, like, a head, I think. Uh, I've seen horses wire the field there, too. So I, I don't I don't look for a bias at Charlestown. You just have to read how the race may go, and then you kind of take it from there. Well, earlier today I was reading on on the the Blood Horse site an article about this race. I forget which one of your great writers wrote it, but there was a quote that really uh, caught my eye, and and that's uh, where Tom Amos had some options uh, with so many ways, I think, uh, could have run at Churchill Downs. And there was a great quote in there. Uh, He, you know, exposed the fact that he took the horse over to the Churchill Downs Training Center on purpose because that is a short course, and he wanted to to work her around two turns. And he said, man, she can really handle the tight turns, and that affected my decision to go to Charlestown. Yeah, and, um, you know, um, smart move, I mean, um, makes sense to me. Uh, she was entered in the Dogwood, <clears throat> which which is a grade, and it's grade three at Churchill. It's a hundred thousand dollars, I think, or hundred and fifty, whatever. Um, but I guess you know um, him and the owner Maggie Moss thought, well, you know, if she can handle the turns, let's run for the four hundred thousand. She's already a grade one winner. Uh, she won a grade three earlier this year at Churchill. And that was a great um, race, yes, the the eight bell. Yeah, um, you know, she ran fourth a couple times in, um, at Saratoga. Um, she's, like, way overdue for a really good trip and a really strong race. Um, she's a nice filly, um, you, know, uh, you know, I'm, like, waiting for the big one from her. So we'll see if it happens on Saturday. 
You know, you know they, they say, you know, some horses do or don't have to carry their racetrack with them. In this case, so many ways does not have to carry her jockey with her. Miguel Menya will ride on Saturday and will be the seventh different jockey in a row on her back. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is that is correct. Yeah. Um he's uh, he's uh, riding a um <clears throat> a horse in the researcher stakes too, the co feature. So um you know he could end up having a pretty good night to himself. So now um it, it looks like because he had such a great experience Last year with book review, and he said the people at Charlestown treated him so well that Chad Brown, as you stated earlier, is probably going to bring my happy face into this race. Uh, Javier Castellano is coming along for the ride. Obviously, I would say the biggest threat, if not the favorite, uh, against so many ways. Yeah, she didn't um, was not on the lead or close to the uh, lead, actually, up at Saratoga last time out. Um and she kind of surprised me when she rallied really strongly from, like, well back in the field <clears throat> and was only, like, a neck short of winning the test. Um, I thought it was impressive. And, you know, if she runs her normal race where she's either on the lead or close to it, you know, she's ultra dangerous there, without a doubt. So she is the morning line favorite at 9 to 5, so... um I think it might be a little bit closer between those two um, price-wise when the race goes off. But, um, you know, another strong contender. It's a very, very good race. Um, My guess is that uh, next year it's going to be grade three, but I don't want to speak for the graded stakes committee because (laughs) I'm usually wrong. I am usually wrong, but that is one race that has been particularly strong, and it's and it's not graded yet at all. So, well, well have, have fun down there. Uh, you may want to look at a, at a simulcast TV while you're down there. We only got a couple minutes left, but um, at Belmont Park, the the feature race, uh, the, the Gallant Bloom Handicap. It's a Grade Two going a kind of a different distance, a six and a half furlongs. When I look at this field, what I see is Two fillies that looks like they have perhaps unlimited potential in Cluster of Stars and Dance Card are going to be tested by going up to the much more seasoned and on a seven-win run, Dance to Bristol. Yeah, uh, Dance to Bristol is, um, um, she won the uh, Sugar Maple at Charlestown in April. And um, I can remember I told one of the guys there, I said, you know what? She's going to end up winning the graded stakes this year. I thought, you know, like a grade three or something, and, well, she's won a grade one. At I know, unbelievable. <laughs> Seven in a row. And, and, and you know what's what? the trainer's name? Ollie Figgins? Ollie Figgins. The third. Ollie Figgins. There's three Ollie Figgins out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of them was a jockey at Charlestown. I don't think Is that uh, right? Maybe it was Junior. I think it was junior, but I'm not sure. Yes, um, but um, no, she's a, a a really nice filly. Um, you know, she's you know she looks like a Breeders' Cup quality horse. 
Well, we'll, we'll see soon what find out. Uh, you know, we've only got about a minute left in the show. We, we, uh, of the three I named, obviously, Dance Card and Cluster Stars, lightly raced but brilliant. Dance to Bristol. Here's 100 bucks, Tom. How you betting it? On that race? Yep. Oh, I'd say $100 to win on Dance to Bristol. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here, know. folks, on Winning Ponies. Tom Lamaro with the money that I just pretended to give him because he knows I'd never hand him a oh, yeah, right. bill is going to put it on Dance to Bristol in the gallant bloom. Tom, thanks so much for uh, sharing your time you. with us. Uh, appreciate you handicapping. Uh, love your appearances and your writing on the Blood Horse. Keep up a great job that you do. All right. Thanks, John. Okay. Again, Tom Lamara, the news editor of the Blood Horse. He wears many hats right there. want to also thank Leonard Lusky, and I want to invite everybody to come down. I'll be down there myself in Paris, Kentucky. I'm the guy that looks like Toulouse-Lautrec, uh, and I'll have a Winning Ponies hat on that day. So feel free to come up and say hi. So for everybody involved with uh, Winning Ponies, including our producer, Justin, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you come to the races and bring a close friend, Practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.